What's up, guys? This week on the Shark Pod, we've got Hannah Kathleen Hawkshaw. Um, Hannah Kathleen has really done a huge amount of stuff um, in her, her very short career. Um, she started out as a fashion blogger when she was just 13 years old, um, kind of evolved that into a career uh, in marketing and branding. Um, she's the, the founder of iGen Creative, um, which is a branding agency, as well as a property investor, as, a, as well as a recording artist. Really uh, interesting chat that we had today. Um, usually we go down the, the road of the kind of uh, the timeline, the story behind the entrepreneur, um, but this time we kind of we did that as well but we kind of focused on um hannah kathleen's kind of view on things we really dig into uh how she sees the world and how she sees the world of business uh we also talk about her experiences with richard branson uh, among other other people and a couple of trips that she took to necker island as well so we hope that you enjoy this podcast as usual this podcast is brought to you by audible um if you want to sign up for audible for a month for free um you get to keep whatever book uh, that you download if it's not for you uh, at the end of the month uh with no kind of no kind of uh catches there or anything so if you want to support the podcast and if you think that you're you're into listening to audiobooks uh, click through the link below and you'll get your free audiobook on us all right without further ado over to the guys Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Uh, we've got another special guest here. I know last week uh, we had our, our, our friend Eric from Barcelona and we're going to go a little bit more local here. We've got Hannah Kathleen uh, Hawkshaw on the line here. How are you doing, Hannah Kathleen? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, Mark Baker's also over there in Glenageary. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, good to be here as always. Welcome, Hannah Kathleen. Thank you. And I also have um, a special guest with me today, my dog. Okay. You know, this is the beauty of the pandemic lifestyle, isn't it? I'm at yeah. home. So my Yorkshire Terrier is here beside me. Nice. And I'm hoping he won't be What's joining the conversation. <laughs> Scruffy is his name. Okay, Scruffy, you're also very <laughs> welcome uh, to the Shark Pod today. Uh, so today, like, like we were just talking before we, we actually started here uh, on the podcast, trying to get to know each other a little bit. Um, so Hannah Kathleen, we invited her on the, the podcast because we want to talk to people out there in Ireland who are like doers. That's what we were talking about beforehand. We've had all types of uh, people on the podcast, whether that's uh, people who are entrepreneurs, artists, uh, marketers, um, like salespeople. We've had all all types. We've got the we've got someone from Google to come on and tell us how to do Google ads better. All these types of uh, all these types of things. Um, but Hannah Kathleen, your your background uh, is really interesting. You seem like you've packed a lot into such a <laughs> a, a, a short life here. Um, so my my first question is, okay, well actually let's go back to the beginning here, just to give some context for the the listeners. Uh, CEO and founder of iGen Creative, a marketing and branding uh, agency. Um, mm-hmm. Organizer of the Stimulus uh, Summit uh, with the uh, co-author of the uh, Rich Ad Poor Dad. I had that written down. I couldn't write. I couldn't read my own writing there. Um, <laughs> as well as you know, um, I guess Instagram uh, personality uh, blogger going back years. Uh, over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. All that type of stuff. Uh, international musician. speaker, musician. Let's. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, there's a lot of un- a lot of uh, unpacking to do here. Uh, the easy, the quick, the quicker question is, uh, what don't you do? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's one of those things when you when we were talking before the podcast about a doer personality. I would say that I have definitely. Oh, my dog is joining me, oh, as you scruffy. can see. Sorry about this. Okay. Um, but basically, in my life, it's it's kind of been a random mix of a lot of different things that I didn't necessarily fully intend or start out with the. Um, the goal to do. Um, but what I would say is from, from my experience, it's a lot of it's just been a natural progression. And I'm a very artistic personality type. I love to create and that's obviously seeped its way into many different ventures that I've started. So my life is a bit of a mix. I'm a, you know, a singer songwriter. I'm a, I started as a fashion blogger. So that's how my entrepreneurial journey began okay. um, when I was 13 years old. Um, and since then, a lot of things has happened from, you know, speaking very frequently to co-organizing this stimulus summit that I mentioned with speakers, including the likes of Sharon Lecters, the yeah. co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and some incredible, incredible speakers that we have lined up for the next one as well. 
Um, and then obviously my company is iGen Creative and I'm very passionate about building brands and creating visual identities that really represent a message that matters. So there's a lot that I, I do and I mean, I certainly have a, a jam-packed day usually, yeah. but I love it. And I think it's, I think it's uh, the best people to work with are busy people. So that's what I like to think anyway within within people that I work with. So a hundred percent. And when so when you got when you started your your blogging uh, career at like thirteen, what was the what what was the the, the platform that you're using then? I, I bet it was pretty different <laughs> than the way things are now. Yes, I mean I started my blog back in two thousand and ten. So obviously internationally blogging was was happening but in Ireland it was very new so I remember when I started my fashion blog there were like five other fashion bloggers that were really kind of on the scene um, and basically I just stumbled across blogger.com one day and decided to start this fashion blog it was at a time when I was very sick so I was off school okay I had um, a few different things wrong with me at the time from glandular fever to ME to the swine flu my immune system was just completely wow. wiped out <laughs> And it meant that I couldn't go to school. So, you know, as a 13-year-old teenage girl, first week you're off school, you're thinking, okay, great. Second week, all right, okay, I can handle this. Third week, fourth week, fifth week, you're becoming fed up and really bored. And so I've always been a creative personality, as I mentioned. And just one day, God knows how I found it, but I stumbled across blogger.com and I thought, I'm going to start a fashion blog. And it was completely for myself. It wasn't something that I actively shared with my family or friends for about two years, actually, wow. but it started to create opportunities for me. And I started to learn the power of building a personal brand and attraction marketing without any intention of doing that. It just happened because I was taking action and it then inspired me to pursue more possibilities that the internet could bring because I was dealing with challenges in my personal life with my health absolutely this is, it's so interesting as well because when you go back to 2010 you said like blogger.com I think yeah they've probably been <laughs> it's been bought out or it's been you know there's it, 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 a lot of a lot of changes that have happened since then from a platform For point of sure. view Sure, but that attraction marketing is still is still what people are it's still the most effective thing um i've got mm -hmm. partners all over uh all over amia and i always think as well like it marketing it's it's hard to you, you can you just putting uh especially like in a big b2b company just putting money into advertising without any kind of branding or messaging <laughs> it doesn't really work as much as if you can just uh you know have a, a a uh, coherent message you know exactly. um so when you're when, when you were blogging there would you mention that it was a couple of years before people you told people about it were you still yeah. like publishing them like uh with a different like persona or um like a avatar or something was that the, the way yeah so i mean gosh it feels like a lifetime ago now to be honest with you but when i started i my my parents knew about it um but nobody else none of my friends none of my extended family really um and i started just posting with with my personal name so okay. it was called hannah's fashion blog very um original like yeah. <laughs> um but simple i mean you know what it is so i i started that um, blog, but basically it was just me documenting at first my interest in fashion. So I was, you know, writing about handbags and runway shows and so forth. But then I realized um, when I was about 14, 15, that the blogs that I was enjoying reading the most were the ones that were personal style blogs and documenting the individual's journey, which again, it, it emphasizes the importance of your personal brand and how it can differentiate you regardless of what industry you're in. Um, and so basically I Invested, I saved up and bought myself a camera, taught my mom how to take my pictures and my dad subsequently. And I mean, taking, you know, I took my dad to London Fashion Week, for example, oh, as my wow, hot really? date. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely an interesting yeah. journey, but it was something that over time really helped me to obviously engage people but also to build my confidence and I started to put myself out there and started going to these events when I was about 15 so these press days with top models designers actors influencers and I was thrown into this environment where I had no idea no practical experience of how to network and I started learning at such a young age and that's something that I have um, taken with me I think as I've grown and it's, it's something that I believe is so important again regardless of what industry I just happened to start with the fashion space but it was it was definitely a figure it out as you go along yeah. <laughs> but as you said the attraction marketing element I think when you can attach yourself to a story it makes it so much more interesting it's like I always say if we're both if we're all selling an iPhone what makes somebody choose to buy from me as opposed to you and vice versa it's the individual it's the connection it's the the story um and the 
connection that you're building with an individual and that stems from your personal brand 100 percent. and you really you touched on something there about putting yourself out there and that that, that kind of making the difference i remember yeah. during the week mark sent me a, a video of uh his daughter making uh she has like a, a youtube uh thing where she's Amazing. uh she's it's like a you know was it roadblocks or something there's a yeah it's a game it's like yeah it's one of the biggest games for kids online yeah. but uh, she's like yeah. editing videos and putting it on youtube and she's eight years old i'm like mm. When I was eight, I didn't know <laughs> anything. She's getting... she's so passionate about it. She uses Canva to do her, to do the covers, and I just had to show her once, and that she's so obsessed with it, like that. Yeah, I didn't have to guide her from then on. And I, I was like, why? I sent the video because I wasn't really keeping an eye on it, and I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <as a> parent. <laughs> but you know, she had like six hundred and fifty likes on on a, or watches on a video, like on all these likes, and I was like, oh my god. It, I showed you this, you know, a couple of weeks ago and all of a sudden, like yeah. such a demand for for gaming online, obviously with, but she, with kids. She's, she's well. learning to put herself out there like that young. I mean, that's... But she's you know gonna... what I think is really fascinating? Um, and this is something I've had intense conversations about with some parents before is the power and opportunity that lies in online for young people. But obviously as a parent, now I'm not a parent yet, hopefully in the future I will be, it's, it's scary because your kid is going online to the big bad world and essentially anyone can find what they're up to. But at the same time, as you just said, there's so much opportunity. And when you can identify the positives and nurture, I think, in the right way and kind of showcase as you did, like this is how you can use it in a way that can create a skill set for you or something for you to create more opportunities that you want to experience or people that you want to meet or whatever you want to create, then it can really build a skill set for an individual that's practical and can actually make a difference when building a career. And I think now the term influencer or blogger before was what is that it's not a real real job and now it's it's a career opportunity yes, absolutely. I think the world has changed a lot and I think it's important to embrace that and you know positively nurture young people in discovering how to utilize it in a positive way because they're going to use it whether we like it or not yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you've 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 probably been there from the start you know and seeing the evolution of all the different forms of social media personal branding how fast does it change is it changing every single day look it's tiktok now we're not even on tiktok people yeah. are telling us you should get on we think we're too old but yeah i mean i think obviously we all know how fast paced these things move but i think the main thing is just to realize that all of these tools are just vehicles to reach more people and it's about identifying the vehicles that you choose to focus on and choose to spend time nurturing and to develop your voice on those platforms but more importantly to develop your voice so that people aren't focused on engaging with you on just one platform and it's you they want to engage with not the the channel does that make sense mm -hmm. um so i think that that's quite an interesting Thing and just understanding that it's more than just an individual social profile or an individual, I don't know, YouTube series that you're doing. It's about defining who you are and building a, you know, a platform to promote your personal brand and looking at that as an entity as well as your company or project. Because one thing that I think is quite important is to recognize that we all have different projects. This is something that I've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs about who haven't been tapping into their personal brand. And they say, I want to focus on my company. And that's like, of course, of course you want to focus on your company. Of course, that's it's really important to do so. But you should also realize that that's only one project that you're doing. And it might be your focus now, but it may not be your focus in five, 10, 15 years time. So if you also put energy into building your personal brand, that's an asset that can carry you across everything that you do and be that umbrella brand that, you know, is the, is the, the platform to springboard from. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Even in my, I have almost opposing um, interests in, with the art background and then <laughs> yeah. finance. I understand for, that. Yeah. yeah, you'll know, yeah. like finance recruitment, but often like very often I'll get clients and, and candidates speak to me and, and we'll be chatting on and on and on. And at the end they'll go, I saw your painting on LinkedIn, you know, it was really cool. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, so, so they'll remember me like, cause mm -hmm. people talk to different recruiters, but they'll remember me as the recruiter who, who did that painting, you know? So it's, I still get to leverage yeah. the kind of personal brand, you know, and even though it's completely different. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's, but it's, sorry to interrupt you, Luke. Yeah, no, good, good. I was just going to say, it's, it's really, for me, an interesting conversation, though, because I had 
debates with myself and battles with myself around this, because obviously talking about brand and being so passionate about brand, specifically personal brand, I recognize also the importance of establishing yourself as an authority in a certain space or, you know, building your voice around a certain topic to create resonance with whoever you're, you want your audience to be. But also when you do that and neglect other facets of who you are, you can potentially limit yourself. And this was what I found. There was a period when I really focused on my entrepreneurial side and wasn't actively promoting my music side and was doing that very much behind the scenes. But I felt one that I wasn't being myself. I wasn't showcasing really and truly who I am. And also in doing that, I was losing out on a lot of conversations or engagement opportunities with people who, when I was talking about the music in conversation with them, so even if I wasn't presenting it you know, in terms of my brand assets, that was what was engaging with them or making them more interested with who I am and vice versa with them, um, you know, music and business in terms of them kind of switching. And it's something that I think is, is really important to promote now in terms of, of course, you want to focus your messaging in terms of different marketing campaigns and so forth, but to embrace the different facets of who you are. I always say it's like a diamond. A diamond has multiple facets and so do we. And you should, you should embrace that because that's what makes you unique. And that's what, as you said, connects people with you and, and your ideal a business partner or a client. Of course, it depends on the industry and niche and the, the product and individual and question, but it can really open up so many more doors that wouldn't have been opened had you been focused solely on yeah. one element of who you are. It's such a, it's something I think about often, uh, what you're talking about there, when I look at LinkedIn, where people are almost like, this is just my, this is just my business face. They might be, yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> what's what's most interesting about them might be the other six things that they do in their, in their spare time, the stuff that would make you want to do business with them, or they put yeah. out a very, um, a very, uh, like kind of a, a sterile uh, post, you know, about the COVID lockdown with a screenshot of a Zoom link and kind mm-hmm. of it's, instead of you know, telling people how they really feel or uh, putting up something else that they're doing that might be more interesting than that because we're all kind of in the Zoom Zoom land right now anyway, <laughs> so it's not going to be very engaging. But uh, I th- yeah. something I think about all the time. Sure. Um, on, on LinkedIn, I think, I think people, because it is a business platform, people tend to try mm-hmm. play it safe and in my opinion, play it over safe, mm-hmm. a bit too safe. Yeah. Um, you know, some of some of the most memorable things you, you see, it's it's what is what make you stop when you're scrolling is is what is what's most important. You know, even if it is LinkedIn, yeah, there's definitely a line on LinkedIn. You have to be careful, and um, mm-hmm. it's certainly not like every platform has its own personality in yeah. a way. So you ha- yeah. you have to abide by that to to an extent. But certainly, I th- I just think some people might mightn't be able to understand how how individuals can be actually really really good at several different things. They might say like she's really good at this and she's kind of doing that on the side. Why can't she be actually really good at three things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is a debate that I think is going to be a continuous debate for years to come, but I came to the conclusion that, you know, in order for people to become more comfortable with that, there have to be individuals being practitioners of it. And, you know, at sometimes it, sometimes it means breaking out of the, the typical box. And I know, for example, with certain people in my life, they've really struggled with the idea. Like people who've been close to me really struggled with the idea that, oh my gosh, I can be an entrepreneur, but I can also go and compete in Miss Universe Island, or I can also be a singer songwriter and launch a single or, you know, run a business and go into a boardroom with people who are, you know, 10, 20, 30 years older than me and be leading a presentation that's just yeah. incomprehensible at times but at the same time when you just do it and end up in those environments then every time you're doing something you're breaking a boundary and I've literally had people um you know at times in in terms of stereotyping I mean I'm a 23 year old blonde woman and I would say that I'm quite feminine in my presentation and so forth and at times I've been underestimated when I've been you know gone into rooms and that used to bother me but then I just figured you know it's just fact so I just need to every time if they're the right people to engage with me they'll see it and I know what I'm talking about and quite often it's happened where I've had people apologize to me like I remember one time in particular I was giving a presentation in Cardiff in Wales and after I spoke a gentleman from the audience came up and said listen I just I really want to apologize to you because when we were at the speaker's dinner last night um I you know wasn't expecting you to deliver the value that you delivered but actually I was taking notes non-stop and wow. I thought, okay, well, you know, we've 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 made one one person uh, <laughs> understand that you can you can be more than one thing, or yeah. you can 
you know you can in a way skip the <laughs> you've you've skipped the queue in a way yeah. you know people <laughs> might think that you have to put a certain amount of years in before you're able to to talk yeah. about certain things skipping yeah. that queue is something again that we talk about and we, we talk about encourage. Mm. <laughs> it's an interesting it's interesting concept because i my story has been quite unconventional in certain ways so I started my blog when I was 13 time when I was very sick as I said then when I was 16 my health took a turn and I was really not well to the point that I needed to be in a wheelchair at times like oh, I used to sit at dinner and, not, and feel like I just couldn't pick up my knife and fork my I was so exhausted and my teachers were noticing and pulling me out of class and stuff so basically I took the decision with my parents to take some time off and the intention was to go back but during the time off I spent all of my time building my skill set and trying transitioning my entrepreneurial mindset from fashion blog to online marketing and learning about how the same um, strategies that I'd applied can actually help other businesses and industries and so forth and building that skill set. And then I decided to focus all of my energy on that and never went back to school. But then obviously to a lot of people going to university sometimes is, oh my gosh, that's not normal. And then, oh wait, you didn't finish high school or secondary school. Sorry, I talked to so many Americans. (laughs) You didn't finish (laughs) secondary school. It's like, oh my goodness. But at the same time, you know, I can you know, I, I've been working on my skill set since I was 13 years old. So that's 10 years yeah. of energy and late nights. I used to stay up for hours watching webinars and editing my HTML and, you know, playing with ideas and investing in cameras and things that would help me move forward and coaching and mentoring and different things to, to just constantly learn. But it's a different form of learning. And so one thing that I'm very passionate about is education, but recognizing that education does not always mean the typical um, set route that's paved for us because different people thrive in different environments. If you have an issue like a health issue like I had, you need to figure out another way to learn. That does not mean you should be discounted because when you find the environment that you can thrive in, then you can make the impossible happen and you can do things that wouldn't have even been on your radar. It's it's we're, so tr- like I, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. As well, me and Mark kind of have, we have a different kind of uh, uh, view on the education stuff. I mm-hmm. I I would suggest that because of the internet and because of how granular you can get with subject matter that you're interested in, you become an expert kind of in anything. Even with like I did a Udemy uh, course the other <laughs> day, and it was I've been always kind of like slagging off these uh, online courses, but it was the most value I think I've ever got in a few hours. Uh, I was trying to learn uh, a particular thing with software, but the yeah. I, when I when I graduated college, I spent four years to do my uh, do my regular degree, and then when mm-hmm. I left, I realized you could could do it two nights a, a week uh, for the four years as well and get the same degree. I could have been doing something else with my time all day instead of kind of lazing around the quad. And uh, <laughs> you know, it just seems like there's better ways to spend your time. So uh, I think Mark has a little bit more like he thinks that stuff stuff stands to you, but I think. In this case, especially if you kind of know what you what you've got what you're looking to do, you're saying that you got into this type of uh, this type of lane uh, when you were like as young as thirteen, and then kind of ran with it. Uh, you had your dad uh, holding up the, <laughs> the camera at a fashion week and all that type of stuff. So you kind of had a, had a groove that you were really enjoying. And maybe the difference is some a lot of people one they either don't have they don't know what they want when they're you know when mm-hmm. they're thirty when they're thirty five, um, or two. Uh, they're not really in school. They're not really told, okay, what do you want to do? Okay, this is how you, and then map out a, a bit of a path in for yeah. the individual, right? Rather than just, just CEO or CAO have points and then, you know, which I hate. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a tough one because when it comes down to it, my personal opinion is that it depends on the individual. Like if, Uh, for example, you want to be a brain surgeon, you have to go down the traditional route because we do not want somebody operating on our brains if they have not studied, for for example, in the, in the traditional path. But I think it depends on one, what environment do you thrive in? You know, if, if a child is not thriving in the typical academic route, but they're thriving, if they're doing music or sports or in entrepreneurial endeavors, then they should be placed there in my opinion and vice versa. And I think it really just comes down to recognizing like whenever you're pursuing an opportunity, what is the cost and what's the gain? So if you're going to spend four years at university, well, then if you're going to gain a lot and the cost is four years, but you feel like those four years will stand to you and serve you and create more opportunities for you depending on what you want to do then you go and you commit yourself to it and if you want to do additional things then you can spend the evenings doing that or you can find time in the mornings i'm a big believer that if you want to do something or multiple things you can find the time if you make the decision 
Um, and as you can see, I'm quite passionate about these, yeah. <laughs> this topic because it's something that I, I, I feel we limit ourselves and we're told by people that we can't do certain things or by the, the status quo, let's say. Mm -hmm. But if you really sit down and think about like even the question, what do you want to do? Sometimes spending too much time thinking can actually stop us. And I've had issues before where I've had almost a fear of missing out and thinking, oh my God, if I focus only on music, then I'm going to miss all of the possibilities with my business and vice versa. This was something that I really battled with myself when I was kind of 18, 19 and making certain decisions on how I was going to progress. But then I realized, well, when I'm just doing, things are happening in both regards, opportunities are being created. I'm happier and you know we'll see what happens and whatever's meant to be will be but as long as I'm constantly creating opportunities and doing and actively making things happen then it will unfold in a way that I will find positive because I'm positively working towards something absolutely and I think if you keep an open mind like that and you're uh, for want of a better word uh I don't how would I say this but when you're keeping such a an open mind when you're doing lots of different things when you are yeah. 40 you'll have an incredible amount of uh like a skill set to draw from rather than somebody who was in that kind of just doing the what they did in college for five years then they got the job they were supposed to get because of that and it's kind of like a domino effect we talk about yeah. it sometimes um, not, I was, some, sometimes we're a little bit harsh on uh our own uh, irish people but me and mark have talked before about sometimes irish people like the to have a book to read from um about their life well, okay this is this chapter okay now <laughs> next is i get my uh, accounting uh exams all right and then i go into the big four etc and yeah. the end the end of that like it, it works out for most people but uh i would reckon the amount of people who go into that type of um environment or uh the amount of people who become solicitors every year i'd say there's a, there's a percentage there that probably wanted to uh uh play guitar professionally but they uh mm. they were kind of they weren't allowed to to go <laughs> drop out and go do that do you know what i mean so I yeah there's something to think yeah. about and as we're uh we're kind of building families uh right now like it's something to think about for my mm -hmm. kids i don't know how i'm gonna because like, if if they're if they're like you and they're just at the end of secondary school and they've got this you know a passion for something and I'm, I don't know if I would tell them or not to, <laughs> yeah. to just say, I, I, I tell you what I would do. I don't know. It's going to be an awkward conversation. I don't know. For, for me, I'm, I'm definitely identifying what my two girls, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So mm -hmm. the eight-year-olds, the YouTuber, outgoing, singing, dancing, funny. Um, yeah, creative, creative all yeah, the way. Creative. Yeah. But the other one is so attention to detail. Like me mm -hmm. as a kid, like I, I'm an artist, but I'm actually... I'm more like a human photocopier in a way that I can just <laughs> okay. paint what I can see. And she's right. That stays inside the lines, criticizes the other one for going outside the lines. So I'm trying to think, right, what, what are they going to be really good at? And kind of encourage that and double down on that. But at the same mm -hmm. time, ex expose them to as much different things as possible. And at the mm -hmm. same time, make sure they're doing the basics in school. So I'm kind of yeah. trying to cover all bases yeah. <laughs> rather than like, I'm trying to not to be too risky with them rather than say, right, go ahead, go all into that. Um, I think yeah. you can kind of do it all. Yeah. If, if yeah. I mean, it's a tough one for me, obviously, because I'm not a parent yet. Yeah. As I said, hopefully in the future I will be. But one thing that I definitely noticed with my story is I was in a situation where my health was not letting me go to school. And that really frustrated me because I was always very academic. Like I'm the kind of person that if I'm doing something, I like to do well with it. So really, I was very bothered by the fact that I was, was not able to do something that's considered so normal. But I also eventually it took me a long time to become comfortable with this realize that I can sit down and whinge about it and you know fall into the category that everyone's telling me I'm going to fall into so many people you have no idea said oh my god you're never going to succeed without your leaving certificate wow. like you're going to be a failure no one's going to like open the door for you or opportunities or I could do something with the skill set that I created that people were actively asking me for help with and see what happens. And so I started doing that. And then I realized I, I kind of, again, it's, it's identifying like what's the opportunities within it. I realized that this isn't predictable. This isn't going to make certain people in my life happy who wanted me to take a certain route. But there also came a point where I had to trust myself. And so I'm a big believer, whether you're 65, 40 or 17, you've got to come to a point where you can say, okay, I've evaluated this from a perspective of every single route that I can take, what's going to make me happy, what's going to make my parents happy and so forth. But at the end of the day, what is my gut telling me? Like, because I'm a big believer that we, we know what to do. It's just a matter of if we trust ourselves or not. And I don't 
want to look back in my life and say, you know what, it might have pleased somebody else for me to do this, but I I should have I should have trusted myself and say, what if? I'd rather say, oops, that mm, wasn't yeah. the right thing, and <laughs> I've tried yeah. it than yeah. said like what if in terms of like opportunities within entrepreneurship or or doing the the university degree, depending on what somebody's drawn to and where they feel like they want to go. But basically, I think that the main thing is identifying what your situation is and looking at it from a unique perspective because we're all individuals and we all have different needs and we all experience different things um, was there was there anyone who kind of played a mentor type role for you um because you were so young you, i assume your parents you know is there anybody else to kind of push you along or were you just so self-motivated you know? um i've always been very self-motivated but i would say there, there were definitely people that have influenced me. So I hired my first coach when I was 16. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> did a lot of things, I suppose, kind of um, early. But at the same time, as I said, I, I wasn't, what I needed to learn, I found someone who could teach me what I wanted to learn, who was based in the Philippines at the time, American guy in the Philippines. And um, I spoke to him, I was like, you know, I really want to do this. I told him what my situation was, where I was at, where I wanted to go. And I resonated with him and I decided, okay, I'm going to do coaching with him. And I realized, you know, stemming from then, I've had a lot of different people in my life since who I've hired as a coach, consultant, or, you know, somebody to give me a sparring perspective on things, because I feel like you definitely need insight and it helps so much, whether it's in that traditional environment or hiring a coach, for example. Um, but also different kind of key people who've become close to me that I've met through, whether it's like leadership masterminds that I've attended or um, entrepreneurial friends who are just, you know, um, support systems, if you will. I think it's really important to build your inner circle of people. And I've been building that, I suppose, since I was younger. It's definitely changed and evolved over the years, but I have always felt, felt it's so important to surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. And I think that, you know, every room that you walk into, of course, doesn't always happen. But if you can try to be one of the for lack of a better word, least successful, whatever successful, obviously that's a relative term, um, but the least successful in the room, then that's what you want to be. That's the position you want to be in because then you've got so much that you can soak up. And you know what? It's, it's an important point as well because that's kind of a hard place to be a lot of the time. Have you ever been like I've been in those situations where I'm like, oh, I don't really know that what I'm talking about here, but you know. Oh my I, God, I, stop. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I can understand why people, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, everything's about relativity uh, re relativity when you're talking to uh, you know if yeah. you're looking down all the time about kind of like oh, at least I'm not in that situation or you know I think it's, it's easier to do that you know oh I, I connect with that so much and there was one time in particular I mean there's I've thrown myself into a lot of environments in the past like you know right if I think right back to the first fashion event I went to and I remember I was you know 14 15 years old and I was thinking what am I doing here I you know I, I literally had I, I was getting sweaty. I was nervous. I was shaking. I was saying I brought my people? mom with me. And I, pardon? Were you interviewing people there? Was that the... No, or, it was okay, like, um, like a, the first thing I went to was a big fashion show. Yeah. And so there's obviously a lot of networking going on and canapes and, you know, mingling and so yeah. forth. And I remember I was terrified. I was like, what do I say to people? I, I was, was so nervous, but I threw myself in. I just started talking and it got easier every time I did it. But the point... To, to, to kind of touch on your point, the big one for me, I would say, was the first time I went to Necker Island. Um, so I had the opportunity to go to Necker as part of a leadership gathering in December 2018. And, you know, I think when you are a doer, a lot of the time you're doing things and then you have these moments of realizations where you think, wow, gosh, this has actually happened. And I remember being stood at the top of Necker Island and Literally, Sir Richard was there welcoming us. I just shaken, sh shook his hand and I was stood there and I was thinking, oh, how did I end up here? Yeah, <laughs> I was so 21 years it's... old and I was thinking to myself, how did I end up here? And I was there with some of the most incredible minds that I have ever met from across continents, um, Australia, America, South Africa. And I just thought to myself, what am I doing here? But then I realized this is the position I've always wanted to be in. And also when I was there, I realized that when we were in our environments, we were doing conversations and discussions. And there was one dinner in particular that I had, I had worked hard to get to that place. And yeah. it was something that through conversation with the other 
attendees that were there, I realized that I, I had earned my place at the table. Um, but it's, it's those moments that you have that you're thinking exactly what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is almost just... like imposter syndrome. But I think it was for me quite overwhelming to, to go from feeling imposter syndrome the first couple of days to actually, no, I, I think I, I've, I've earned my right to be here, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a, that's a a really good example, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking when I you was, were saying it. I was yeah. like, I got to share this. Um, yeah. Was, okay. So when you're on uh, Necker Island, is it a? Because I've read the I've read Losing My Virginity uh, book, and that's kind of when he talks about when he bought that island. Uh, Richard Branson when he brought that bought the island, and mm-hmm. like, is it kind of like a hotel that's on there, or is it just go there for the day to do the stuff, and then they kind of fly out of there? How how does that work? No, so this specific trip that I went on, um, this was a, we were there for six days and we stayed in the great house on the island. There was about 20 of us there and it was a leadership gathering. So there was a topic of the week and we were talking about how we can create change through our voices and our businesses and so forth. Um, And basically what we did was there was an agenda for every day and we did a lot of collaborations and discussions and getting to know each other and experiences basically as well as spending time with Sir Richard himself you know I got to play tennis with him for example and have dinner with him it was completely random I mean you know as I said imposter syndrome at times you feel (laughs) um but it was so amazing you're like okay you know I know I thought to myself oh my god I have not played enough tennis recently and I thought please sir (laughs) do not let me down and thankfully it didn't and we won um (laughs) but I was I was nervous um but it was this this specific trip was a mastermind environment so we were doing a lot of collaborative work and so forth together but there are also there are other trips that take place on the island and I went back in December for the Necker Cup which is a pro um, tennis tournament that you know featured like you know Martina Navratilova for example and um, you know Nick Faldo Sir Nick Faldo the the golf star and Rod Laver so many just that's amazing. Amazing people. Um, and this all but that from, was a much bigger event. This all came from getting involved with like a local mastermind or did you find these people, like was it something that online that you connected with people and then this kind of one thing led to another? So my connection to the Necker Cup came online. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, another Irish guy, James Kluski, who is Sir Richard's tennis coach, he saw a nice. picture that I'd posted from my previous Necker trip and we just started talking and connected. And then he connected me with the group from the Necker Cup. And then the previous trip came from a, a friend of mine in South Africa because he had previously been a part of this collective. Um, and he basically said to me, it's a, you know, an invite only event. I, the organizers asked me if I would like to put somebody forward or suggest someone to become a part of the collective. And I'd like to suggest you. So you can imagine when I received that text message, I thought, Oh my God, of course. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so it was quite random, but he, Absolutely. I met through other conferences and other, networks so it's just all of it comes down to building relationships doesn't it and just 100 you know, building connections it's it's so interesting what what you can do when you uh when you get put yourself there, out there like we've been saying that might be the the name of this uh podcast we'll have to uh, <laughs> yeah. swing back on that but you know when, you, when you're in your box room there's only so much that you can do you need to uh, put yourself on the map what do you think mark yeah hannah kathleen how, how would you how would you rate your Irish network versus your international network. Your international network seems quite big. And as an Irish person, mm-hmm. usually it's who you know in Dublin or whatever. So it seems it's a little bit of a different network that you have. That's Mark's actual accent, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some um, Irish friends of mine slash Irish network were actually on Necker in December with me. So I would say that I have been lucky to meet some incredible Irish people, just like I have you know international contacts um but for me I kind of did things maybe a little bit backwards to most people so I started to put myself out there and travel a lot to different events when I was 18 I went to my first big event I traveled to Las Vegas um by myself for a really big networking entrepreneurial conference that was taking place was about 500 people there I remember again I was really nervous I was like oh my goodness (laughs) what do I have in store but also very excited um but then from there I kind of started to just keep putting myself out there going to events networking opportunities and I started to speak when I was about 19 20 which then took me to different environments um 
but at the same time I started, I'm, I'm Irish and I started obviously going to events in Ireland. So my network initially began more in the fashion space, but then kind of expanded as I started to meet more people and do more speaking events and podcasts and radio and so forth. So to answer your question, I think it's quite balanced, but also diverse. <laughs> yeah, no, my next question was going to be, how do you see the evolution of networking now um, that it's it's almost, it doesn't matter where you live really for now anyway yeah no i think it's i think it's very interesting um i think it's important to pivot and again put yourself out there more so a lot of people who would be great networkers offline have noticed um of course maybe become a little bit nervous sometimes with the concept of doing a video or going live on facebook or utilizing social media just like some people who are really comfortable in that environment struggle more offline but i've always been a big proponent of taking a two-pronged approach and always being open to becoming familiar online and becoming familiar offline and putting yourself out there in both capacities. So I think the main thing is just recognizing that right now we can't network in the way we used to. So I, I can't go and speak at conferences like I usually would or travel to an event to meet somebody or so forth. So you have to embrace the change and the shift. And I don't think it's going anywhere for the near future. Um, I think that the main thing is just recognizing it and being okay with being uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable, um, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, excuse me, is the expression that would ring in my mind. Couldn't agree more. I think even at the beginning of the COVID stuff, when we like, I, yeah. I've only, uh, I'm kind of in a, in a weird situation like that as well because I left uh, Ireland after college, went to Canada for a few years, and then uh, when I came back, my my job was actually <laughs> based in Dublin, but it was uh, in the Nordics completely. So I actually have almost no network in Ireland from a business point of view. It's in Stockholm. It's in Oslo. It's so Marco. Yeah. That's really weird. Um, and then yesterday I was doing like a webinar in Dubai for like you know. It's a strange kind of uh, job that I have, so I'm yeah. not out there as much in Ireland. But it's something that I could definitely, uh, definitely work on, um, especially maybe some kind of localized stuff because there's loads of stuff going on here uh, where I live. So I need to get out there. Um, but the what I, what I would like to dig into is, do you know the way um, you've at this stage you're going to these uh things when you're 18 which is hilarious by the way because i know that you can't, <laughs> you can't go into a casino there they're so strict with uh it was so awkward yeah. i mean there was another time when i spoke in vegas and i was i think i was 20 at All the right. time <laughs> and i actually couldn't check myself in so before i traveled there the hotel wouldn't let me book my like organized my hotel accommodation because I was under 21 and they were like, no, like you can't stay here without a guardian. And I said, but I need to come for business. (laughs) Like I'm speaking at at the conference. And and so it's like, yeah, I mean, we sorted it out in the end, but it was kind of hilarious (laughs) for lack of a better term. So we've had, we've talked to loads of people on the podcast who I think would be great speakers and uh, they've got great stories to share they might have been never came on a, a podcast before never really put themselves out there before that uh, and then oh, wow. at the beginning they're it, like you said it's kind of a little bit tense when they really open up and we've got some we've got some great uh great stories that we've kind of uh, brought out there but how does someone say if they do have a great story how do, if if they have uh, a good message to tell and stuff like that what are the steps in in starting that type of career do you have to be quite kind of passive and say okay i'm going to put out a lot of content out and hopefully people uh, come back or is there another route to go down to get into that lane mentorship or what would you suggest i think that there can be a combination do you mean specifically in like building your personal brand on social media or do you mean just building your personal brand i just mean like getting into the the kind of speaking industry uh speaking at conferences okay. that type of thing does, it, does the personal brand come first or does that come from doing stuff like that <laughs> which one uh, would be the best oh, i would say it, it can kind of be like which came first the chicken or the egg right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I think that the main thing is to identify at least when you're starting out of course is we're talking about personal brand right we've talked yeah. a lot about diversifying yourself and doing lots of different things but I think initially you should choose a certain area that you want to focus on and and kind of saturate um and once you've identified what topics you want to speak on specifically if it's speaking you have a few options so one is to host your own event why wait for a stage instead create one so you could host an event like let's say right now in dublin this is obviously pre or post covid potentially um you know set up a, an event right set up a meetup group promote it on social media let people know it's happening tell your network tell your friends and then bring together a group of people to who want to either communicate collaborate or learn about a certain topic that you can speak on maybe even bring in a guest speaker if you want to create more credibility and edify 
you know, what you're creating, but also to just start putting yourself out there. So letting people know, like if you have a certain topic that you want to speak on, contacting your network or posting on Facebook, something as simple as, you know, I'm very excited in, in 2021 to put more emphasis on speaking opportunities and sharing my specific message on X, Y, and Z. If you have a podcast, if you have a stage, if you have a coaching group that you would like me to share some of this information on, then send me a message. Perfect. Like this is, this is something that we've talked about before as well, where, there's, the competition isn't as fierce where there's not a lot of people. So then, like, there's loads of people. <laughs> Say, if you want to do, um, uh, if if you want to be a like a, a Salesforce software consultant or something, there's lots of sure. people with those uh, with those skills that are kind of in the shadows. No one really knows them. Um, mm-hmm. If there was someone who was putting themselves out there, uh, who was giving uh, talks on this, where do you think the business is going to go for for that type of thing? It, it's so. But that's it is the hard thing to exactly. say. I'm it's something, and I here's another. I'm not having to go at Irish people here, but I, I'm taking <laughs> this on because I Maybe. am one. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that it is so hard to say I'm an expert in something. That's oh my so God. hard to say. You're, you know? sing, you're singing to the choir here. I yeah. I resonate with that so much because like I remember when I first started like going and connecting with Americans, for example, I really admired how outgoing and just forward they were with this is what I do like I'm so great at this you should inquire with me about whatever I'm doing and I remember thinking to myself like that just does not as an Irish person I feel like we have tall poppy syndrome and so it's kind of like oh don't get too high because it just doesn't sit with us we're a very kind of quiet behind the scenes personality type I would say at least from my experience of course that's to generalize but I think that the main thing is you know you don't even have to brand yourself as an expert. Just be a practitioner, share what you're doing. I think the saying that Gary Vee brings out a lot, document, don't create is really relevant. So just let people know, Hey, I'm doing this. You know, I mean, like I, um, for example, didn't expect to get into property investing so soon, but then I've just put some posts out on my social media saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm now really excited to be involved in property investing. This is what the process has been like. And now people are contacting me. I literally got a message of who some of somebody who wants to do a podcast episode and discussion about how that came to be. Yeah. It's just so because I shared some posts about what I was doing. That I- the document don't create is so is so good as well because it, it then it's then it's real it's not you're going to be doing it anyway just have somebody uh exactly actually, and i think know. it takes away the pressure of like trying to make it like seem fancy or over the top if you if you just talk about what you're doing um from a place of of course you know wanting to give value but also just saying this is like a diary of my life you know i'm, I'm documenting it for myself as as much as i am for you then it becomes so much more natural and that was something that i actually struggled with for a while because i was like oh you know I I almost didn't want to share everything because I felt like it was too much and it was like too just not sitting right with my let's say Irish personality but then I realized you know it's it's important to share it because like another message I got today is of an entrepreneur that I met at an event in 2018 he told me we sat beside each other at an event and he subsequently saw a post about me that I shared around my health and and that whole journey and how I how things developed for me and he just messaged me and said you know his daughter's the same age as I was when I started my blog and she's been going through certain things and he really wanted to show her me as like an example of how you can get through those bad situations and I kind of looked at my phone and I was like oh my god like wow that's yeah. that really made me kind of whew. exactly it's do you know I don't even have words and yeah. and that made me realize that if we're not sharing what we're doing then there's there's always somebody who needs to hear what you have to say and to, and to get in line with what we were talking about in terms of oh gosh I don't know what to say or how to say it or if I'm an expert there's somebody who who needs to hear your message and who will benefit from hearing your message, who will be inspired by hearing your message or who will want to work with you, who you'll then help through your business or whatever it may be. And it gives you, I think, a lot of joy when you can accomplish those moments. Absolutely. And if you don't put anything out there, it's hard for anyone to learn from what you're doing already. Like it's, we've talked about that before as well, the way only we're obsessed with not failing or except obsessed with not, uh, or looking, looking bad. But, uh, me Mm -hmm. and Mark said before, like, it's only the wins that matter. It's only the wins that count. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I know I've said it before, but, um, I'm in North Wicklow here and Katie Taylor is just from up the road here. Um, and I was saying that the, like, no one ever introduces Katie Taylor as Olympic loser, Katie Taylor. You know, she lost the Olympics, but no one. It's she's the she's the Olympian. She's the gold medalist. She's the world champion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
the, the only the wins stick um so i think that if you have that kind of mindset you don't have to kind of hide in the shadows and put yourself out there maybe somebody maybe somebody like we've got we started this podcast uh in january when it's just me and mark in this room um and now thousands and thousands of people have listened to us talk Incredible. you know shite for for an <laughs> hour uh, for an hour uh, a week here so well, my, my point is is not to blow up my own horn there but it's just to um to kind of like say you know if you put yourself out there those people have come back to us as well and they like email us and they say you know they love the podcast people in like random places like in australia or whatever i don't know what <laughs> yeah. they're getting from it but anyway uh okay so uh, uh hannah kathleen we've got a, a bit of a tradition here we're, we're pushing time already i know we could talk on the, about these, these kind of topics i know I feel like i've got a whole thing here mark just... that i haven't even gone through <laughs> yeah. um so we're usually going to finish off the podcast with our guests with a bit of a, a lightning round or a quick fire Ooh, question okay. all right uh, they don't have to be quick fire answers but this is kind of mark's party piece comes in at the end and kind of kind of gets gets a little bit of an insight here okie dokie all right. So, what? Uh, yeah. So, what do we need to do? So, Mark's gonna. He's, he's gonna. You just start. need to answer these questions. Great. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Go for it. Okay. Uh, you you guys are kind of breaking up slightly for me. So, let me know if you if you don't hear me properly. Um. So the the first one. What apps do you use the most? Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook. Okay. Is there actually is there any apps that you've turned off and you don't use it anymore? Um. I don't use a lot of apps. I just, I use mostly apps for communication or if it's, if it's connected to work somehow. So I wouldn't say there's anything I've really turned off, but I don't download a lot of apps for the sake of it. If that makes yeah. sense. And what's, what's your favorite social media and why? I would say Instagram. I love the curation of um like content lifestyle especially like inspiration yeah. motivation all of that stuff and kind of seeing the um the, the stories especially like kind of raw real updates of what people have going on i love it too i find myself on instagram the whole time and i've i've kind of like i said like curated my my feed it's loads of like national geographic stuff or photographers <laughs> and stuff like it's endlessly fascinating so they've, they've done something right over there mark <laughs> for sure for sure okay what's the best business idea you've never acted upon Oh, that's a good question. The best business idea I've never acted upon. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think you have me stumped there. We can we can give you some some examples of some poor business ideas that we've had that we didn't. Okay, throw One, some ideas. Maybe it will remind me of something. When I was, I get well, I was a good bit younger than you at this age. I was probably about eighteen. Um, I was doing e-commerce stuff back when e-commerce was just eBay kind of kind of thing and i wanted to start my own uh my own business called executive sock club.com where we send you a new pair of socks every day so when you oh, wow. when you you know we wake up in the morning new socks every day you feel you feel like a million dollars uh mark told me not to invest in that i think back in the day so thank you mark for that one um okay. i think somebody actually did that is it, is it, it's um... a business now they're based out of switzerland that could have been me but uh you stole my dreams <laughs> from me mark when i was a child anyway uh what's the next question there mark um next question what time do you get up in the morning and what time do you go to sleep? Oh gosh, that varies. Sometimes I get up at 5.30, Um, Other times I get up at, usually if I've had a late night, it would be nine at the latest, but it depends because a lot of the time, like for example, I had a call with New Zealand this morning at 7.30 a.m. So I was up early to prepare for that and do other things. But sometimes alternatively, depending on what time zone I'm speaking to, I'm talking to somebody at 10 or 11 p.m. at night, in which case sometimes I stay up late and get things done and then get up a little bit later. But it kind of depends. At the moment, though, I'm trying to focus on doing less really late in the evenings and I'm kind of shifting calls earlier in the day. But it kind of depends if there's something urgent or if there is an idea that needs to be acted upon and it's, you know, midnight, then I'm going to burn the midnight candle and get it done. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, uh, I think Mark could... Could uh, take a you know a little bit more sleep. We always trying to push him to do that. He doesn't very sleep very much anyway. What's the next oh, one? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> um, if you could do business anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, I would say that I feel quite lucky to have been able to connect with a lot of entrepreneurs and companies around the world. I would say if I wanted to put more energy into 
growth. I think there's a lot of opportunities in North Cyprus. So this is where I have begun my property investing journey at somewhere that I want to spend a lot more time because I feel like it's um, it's one of the the places that's really going to boom in my personal opinion in the next 10 20 years and, and what do you have like a, like a like a family connection to cyprus or do you have uh, some friends from there how did you come across that? i know this is kind of off topic now but again networking <laughs> um so basically i had I went on this trip with a few entrepreneurs that I know we just decided we were going to spend a week masterminding back in 2018. And um, then I ended up going back for the second time in 2018 and again, 2019. And then the opportunity came up and it just made sense. And I thought I've wanted to get into property for a while, loved the project in question um, and just decided to, to jump in. So then I would, that's why I was there uh, a couple of weeks ago to finalize all the details and work on the interiors and, you know, contracts and so forth and was so it was very random was it again. difficult to actually get things like uh done there was it like did you have to hire a lot of people to figure that out because a lot of people would love to own a, a property abroad but it's one of the mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest things that they worry about is it like am i going to know what i need to do and everything like that did you have some guidance yeah. there or? well one thing that i would say is i mean again it comes down to connecting with the right people so i'm very lucky to have built a, a really good database of people who really know what they're doing over there and know the market very well. Um, which is why property is something I'm going to be spending a lot more time doing moving forward and helping other people actually find the right opportunities for them to invest in the Mediterranean, specifically in North Cyprus, because there is, as you said, there's so many opportunities, but a lot of the time it's, where do I start? Yeah. And for me, the process was very quick and efficient because I spent the time developing relationships first. So interesting. Sorry, Mark, I hijacked that one. Uh, what's the last question for the for the uh, for the the rapid fire here? That wasn't rapid at all. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we could do a whole other podcast on that one. Yeah. Right. Just just a couple more. So, hmm. Um. How much money is enough money? Oh my gosh. Well, I think the biggest thing is again that it's relative. It depends on the individual and what you want to do. But for me, I look at it as a vehicle to create more opportunities, to connect with more people. So obviously one thing that a lot of people say is money is the root of all evil. I, I think a lot of us grew up with the expression, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and that mindset towards money. But from my perspective, I've, I've definitely worked to shift my view on it and to look at it now as if we want to create opportunities for ourselves, we want to create generational wealth for our families, depending on what it is, like this is something that I'm working towards for myself, we have to have resources to create more opportunities. So I would say it's relative on what you want to do, but you should look at it as a resource that you create as much as possible of, in my opinion, and work to diversify and create multiple income streams so that you can create more opportunities, but purely looking at it as a vehicle to do that. I like that answer. We've Good had answer. so we've had so many different uh, um, answers on that one as well. Like one of them, one guy just said twelve million, and it was very specific. Oh. And we're like, oh, okay, okay, well that's fair enough. Well, good luck with that's that. Fair enough, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Mark. Um, if you could advise someone to learn one skill, what would it be? Networking, and put yourself out there. Cool. One book. more, right? Last what, one. Let's do it. Book, Let's do it. What, what book would you recommend? To the to eighteen year old Hannah Kathleen. What book would I recommend to? Which wasn't that long ago. Hannah yeah. Kathleen, I I would say, oh, just one, probably the secret. I think that was a big thing for me in terms of shifting your mindset and just opening yourself up to the fact that you can do whatever you set your mind to, and that your mind is a very powerful um, tool to create whatever you want to create. Absolutely. Interesting. Mark, we're going to do a podcast on The Secret one day. I've never read it, but I've heard about it so many times. Let's, let's do that. Sometimes we just break down a book um, if we're just in the... In I the, think the it's room. a really interesting one. I mean, you know, different people have different feelings towards it, but I think when you can just realize that your mind is such a powerful tool and it can help you realize things that you didn't think possible, then I really believe that's been applied in my life to so many different things that I didn't expect to happen that, you know, a thought that manifested itself let's say created these opportunities so absolutely. for sure read the book <laughs> absolutely I, I often think about that sometimes and 
um, with things that happen, really great, great things happen in my life that just came from an idea. And then it just, it, it's really, it is really strange. I know we talked, I talked about mm-hmm. that before, Mark, as well. On, uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so uh, Hannah, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're just on, we're for the first time we've ever on, uh, on time here. So that's, that's, uh, that's great. As well. <laughs> um, so we'll be pushing this out on the, the socials, all that type of stuff. Um, but we do appreciate your, your time today and uh, we'll be up to talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to get to know you both.